Hey everyone, I'm Thanos Davelis and welcome back to The Greek Current, a podcast by the Hellenic American Leadership Council and Kathy Merini, where we highlight the top stories of the day every afternoon with analysis from guest experts, policymakers, journalists, and health staff. On Sunday, Germany held federal elections that saw the center-left Social Democrats win the largest share of the vote, narrowly beating outgoing Chancellor Angela Merkel's center-right bloc in a closely fought race. Both of Germany's traditional leading parties finished with well under 30% of the vote, while the Greens and the pro-business liberals, the Free Democratic Party, are set to play the role of kingmakers in whichever future coalition gets formed. Until then, Germany could be headed toward a potentially protracted power struggle. Xenia Kunalaki, a journalist and the foreign editor at Gathimerini, who covered the election from Germany, joins the Greek Current with the latest analysis. Xenia, welcome to the Greek Current. Hi, Thanos. I just landed, so <laughs> I'm willing to talk to you about everything I saw there in Berlin and Munich. Xenia, this proved to be the tightest race in years in Germany. What are your initial takeaways from this election, which you covered on the ground, and what were the defining issues? Well, it was uh, really exciting, you know, because in the previous elections, like the last 16 years, we all knew that there were several politicians vying for replacing the Chancellor Merkel. And then in the end, it was always Merkel who won the elections. So we knew the outcome from the start. So it wasn't very exciting. But this time, as you said, the margin was very tight. So in the beginning, I was at the headquarters of the Social Democrats yesterday. And in the beginning, when we saw the first exit polls, we started, you know, feeling stressed because we didn't know what the outcome was. It was exactly the same percentage for both big parties. But then in the end, it changed a bit in favor of the Social Democrats. So I think that The main takeaway is that the Germans wanted some sort of change, but at the same time, and this is the oxymoron of this election, they also wanted like a mini Merkel. They were looking for a politician who looks like Merkel and doesn't signify that much of a change. So I think Scholz is the closest to Merkel that can be. What can you tell us about Olaf Scholz, who's the leader of the SDP or the center-left Social Democrats? Do you think he could be this next Merkel? Yes, look, the Germans call him uh, Scholzomatic, like a, a robot, because he doesn't show any feelings. He's very efficient. He's like true Protestant, you know? They don't show any emotions. Like even yesterday, everybody was celebrating, they were dancing, they were drinking beers. And he was very composed. He barely cracked a smile. He promised that he will deliver everything he can do. But otherwise, you know, he was very, not very emotional, to be honest. I think he will be a good chancellor in the footsteps of Merkel, the same political style. I want to bring us back to our first question. Can you talk about the defining issues in the lead up to the election as well? Definitely the climate change, and that explains the big percentage of the Greens. But also, you know, issues of social injustice, because we tend to think of Germany like a, a country that is blooming and the economy is always growing and whatever, but there are very big inequalities inside the society. So almost 15 million people are living close to the line of poverty. So I think this is a big problem. And that's why German voters chose center-left party and probably a center-left coalition to govern the country in the next four years. Because I think it was an issue that was ignored by Merkel. And I think Schultz will do a better job in that field. 
Zanya, both of Germany's traditional leading parties finished, as we mentioned in our introduction, well under 30% of the vote. While we saw strong showings by the Greens and the pro-business liberals, the Free Democratic Party. Some have described this as the beginning of a new era in German politics or as a structural shift. What do you think that these results signal about the future direction of German politics? We definitely witness a big fragmentation of the political landscape in Germany. It used to be the other way around. So we have the Social Democrats and the Christian Democrats vying for power, and they both had around 40% of the popular vote. And now we see six parties filling the political landscape, but almost four of them have the same percentage. So around 25 to 15%. And I guess the Volkspartien, as they call them in Germany, the big two parties are falling apart. That's the big change, structural shift, as you mentioned, which means that they are incapable of expressing different kind of voters. For example, the CDU used to be a party of moderates, of a moderate rightist or up to a far right person. Well, this isn't the case anymore. We have a different far-right party and we have the CDU stepping into the middle ground, into the center under Merkel. And this is a new tradition. So I think the biggest parties are heading towards the center and we have other parties popping up in the extremes like the leftist party and the far-right party, the AfD, which is xenophobic and anti-European anti-immigrants and anti-systemic. And also, of course, the Green Party, which is very much climate change focused. And the Lib Dems, which I think are continuing the fiscal orthodoxy of Wolfgang Schäuble, that tradition. The SDP's leader, Olaf Scholz, said it's time for a new coalition with the Greens and the Liberals. His conservative rival, Armin Laschet, remains determined to fight on and has said that his party has given him its backing to enter talks with coalition partners. How do you see coalition talks playing out and what are the most likely partnerships that will emerge in your opinion? Since I was there and I talked to many high-ranking officials, I would say that Laschet, the conservative rival of Scholz, doesn't have a chance of forming a coalition right now because he had a disastrous showing in the elections. So I don't see him being able to form a viable government. On the other hand, I think Olaf Scholz will be able to form uh, the streetlight coalition, as we call it, together with the Greens and the Lib Dems. I think there will be some period around one to two months, let's say, on the bargaining table for three parties, you know, to get uh, some concessions by Scholz. But I think it will be easy because the Greens and the Lib Dems share their agony and their passion to get into the government. They both desperately want to get into the government. So I think at some point they will forget their strict, rigid ideologies. They will abandon, you know, their red lines, as they call them now, and they will form a government after all. Together, the Liberals and the Greens make up over a quarter of the vote and would obviously carry either of the big parties over the finish line. The two parties are also, however, not close politically. How will this impact the stability of the future government? I know you mentioned that they would be willing to abandon ideologies to get into the government, but 
Do you think that there will be underlying tension here? There will be some tension, though. Yesterday at uh, their first meeting, I saw some signs of flirtation between them. So I see them abandoning the red lines very easily and quickly. Look, the main problem is that the Greens insist in a green policy, which, as you know, is very expensive, and are willing to finance these proposals through tax rises. On the other hand, the Lib Dems are totally opposed to that. They were in favor of debt break, as they call it, uh, the Schuldenbremse in German. And also they want tax cuts in order to give incentives to businesses and acquire uh, German growth. So the main problem will be how to reconcile these two opposing tendencies. But I think, for example, through getting some posts, for example, the leader of the Lib Dems, Christian Lindner, wants desperately to get the finance ministry. So if he gets the finance ministry, he might implement a policy which is not exactly the one he expresses right now. Also, bear in mind that even the Social Democrats are in favor of tax rises in big income. So I think both parties, the Social Democrats and the Greens, will prevail over the Lib Dems. After 16 years of working with Chancellor Angela Merkel, Greece will now need to work with a new government and a new chancellor in Berlin. What are the main takeaways from this elections when we look at it from the perspective of Athens? I think it will be a more friendly government, to be honest. I mean, in comparison to the Merkel-Schäuble government during crisis. I want to remind the audience that Scholz, the future chancellor, was in favor, for example, of eurobonds and the neutralization of debt in Europe. Also, the Greens are very Greek-friendly and anti-Turkish because, for example, they're against weapon exports to Turkey. They want to freeze them. And also the Greens said during the pre-election campaign that they want to make some generous gesture to Athens, referring to the reparations, that they, they feel they have the moral obligation to show some sensitivity on that issue, because up to now the Germans have refused to debate that issue. So generally speaking, I think it will be a government that will be more, you know, in favor of Greece than the previous one. Chancellor Merkel was perhaps the undisputed leader of the European Union and had guided it through a series of crises. What do you think this election will mean for the continent as a whole? Look, I think it will definitely be a very pro-European government. The only problem is what happens in France, I would say. I think it's more significant because the current coalition under Scholz, if it succeeds, I think will walk in the tradition of Merkel's footsteps. But what happens in France next year, I think it's more important because if we have a Le Pen president of France, which I don't think will happen, but it's a threat, it's a scare, and we have to keep this in mind then the whole continent will go bust. So (laughs) I think we should wait and see what happens in the French elections and not worry about the German one. Zenia, thank you for joining us on The Greek Current. It was great speaking with you. Thank you, too. In other news, a strong prolonged earthquake with a preliminary magnitude of at least 5.8 struck the Greek island of Crete on Monday, killing one person and injuring 20, while damaging homes and churches and causing rock slides near the country's fourth largest city. There were no reports of people missing or trapped under rubble. 
The Associated Press reported that the quake sent people fleeing into the streets in Iraklion, and schools were evacuated. Repeated aftershocks rattled the area, adding to damage in villages near the epicenter. Local media said hundreds of homes had been damaged. Climate Crisis and Civil Protection Minister Christos Stylianidis, who traveled to Crete, said a state of emergency was being declared in the area. Finally, Turkey's President Erdogan said his country still intends to buy a second batch of S-400 missile defense systems from Russia, a move that could deepen a rift with Washington and trigger new U.S. sanctions. In an interview with American broadcaster CBS News, President Erdogan said Turkey would make decisions on its defense systems independently. When asked about Erdogan's comments, a State Department spokesperson said the United States urged Turkey at every level and opportunity not to purchase additional Russian military equipment. Senator Bob Menendez, the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, tweeted that U.S. law is clear and any new purchases by Turkey must mean new sanctions. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.